Hey, Jesus people, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's installment of our new series as we continue to learn about this revolutionary time in U.S. history. Uh, It was called the Jesus Movement. And actually, in the spirit of that movement, I preached from an empty Times Square here in New York City. I cannot wait for you to hear this message. As a matter of fact, on the other side of this sermon, I've got something very important to tell you. So go ahead, buckle in, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Welcome to Easter 2020. My name's Pastor Mike Signorelli. I'm the lead pastor here at V1 Church, and I sincerely want to welcome you. I'm live from Times Square right now, and I've got a message that I believe is going to change your life forever. This is a very unusual time that we're living in, and it's been a very dark, very burdensome week for so many people, and we want to honor that. We want to honor all of our essential workers. We want to honor everyone who's been out there making it happen, the stay-at-home moms who are learning how to homeschool. You all are the true heroes. But listen, God's been speaking to me and it's such an incredible time to be alive. I know it doesn't feel like it all the time, but you know, this whole quarantine situation has revealed so much about who we really are. I mean, let's just be honest. If you've actually needed 142 rolls of toilet paper in the last 30 days of quarantine, you should have went to the doctor long before this all happened. Come on, it's okay to laugh today. Sometimes that's all you can do in a situation like this. And, and you know, here's another one. If you're an introvert like me, because I'm truly an introvert, you know, here's some good that's kind of come out of this situation. 100% of all of our small talk has been canceled. Can I get an amen for that? But you know, here's, here's another one, and I thought this was hilarious. All sporting events have been canceled. And while that's been hard for some of us to deal with, men from all around the world have actually been discovering this beautiful woman that's sitting on their on his couch and uh, it just so happens that it's their wife <laughs> and she's been here the whole time maybe we didn't recognize it so you know this has truly been the best of times and the worst of times at the same time but I've got a special message for you this Easter and I felt like I needed to be in Times Square to actually deliver this message for a lot of reasons One of the biggest reasons is because we have a problem. What's the problem that we have, Pastor? Well, we've got a problem right now with this virus that cannot be solved. There's no technology that can solve this problem that exists right now on planet Earth. As a matter of fact, there's no known science that can actually fix this problem that we have right now. And here's the reality. We will find a solution. We will eventually solve this sickness, but then we will find ourselves in this place once again. As a matter of fact, humanity finds ourselves in this place over and over again. And we actually create this medicine that heals our body, and yet we still suffer from heart sickness. We still suffer from the disease of sin and corruption. And listen, we've all been pulling our resources to help feed each other in this time. But almost immediately after we eat, we realize that there's another hunger, this hunger that seems insatiable. If you're watching right now, there's probably a spiritual hunger in your heart, a hunger for spiritual significance, a hunger for purpose. As I'm standing here in Times Square coming to you live during this Easter message, I'm in Times Square. This place is a monument to capitalism. 
It's a monument to democracy. You know, the largest and most significant advertisements from around the world are showcased in this place to put on a display of opulence, a display of wealth, a display of this ideology that you can come from nothing and make something out of your life. And yet, right now, it's completely empty. Why is Times Square empty? Because all of what this represents has not and cannot ever produce the answer of all answers. This is why I'm standing with countless millions 2,000 years after the resurrection declaring that I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't even put my trust in myself. I don't put my trust in my money. I put my trust in Jesus Christ alone. Is there anyone watching who can give me an amen from homes across the world? We put our Christ, our trust in Christ and Christ alone. You know, what we're really suffering with as I begin to meditate on this message and go before God is we've been suffering from the quarantine of me. See, quarantine's a crazy thing. Many of us have been home longer than we've been home for a long time. You can get stir crazy. Maybe some of us are oddly comforted by the quarantine. But here's the reality. We've all been suffering from this global quarantine of me. What do I mean? Preacher, pastor, what are you trying to say? We've been stuck inside of our own minds, inside of our own skull our entire life. In that sense, we've all been suffering from the quarantine of me. It's been a lifetime of having to be locked inside of our own thoughts, our own heads. You know, humanity has actually been quarantined. We've been trapped inside of the smallness of our own thinking for our entire existence. As a matter of fact, celebrities, they buy bigger homes. You know, they, they get all the adoration, all of the the praise that we wish that we could receive in our lives. And sooner or later, they realize, wait a second, I've just extended the borders of the quarantine of my own prison. I, I can't escape it. And no matter how much adoration I receive, no ma matter how much praise and, and how much love I receive from people, I, I just realize all I've done is extended the fence post of my own quarantine. You know, there's this this thing that we've all sort of sensed in the midst of this, wait a second, the quarantine that we're talking about is more than just being isolated to our own living rooms. We've actually been quarantined to planet Earth. This is the true quarantine. And, and we all sort of have this longing inside of us. We have this desire to, for another place, for a distance, somewhere in the cosmos, there's something bigger than all this and we know it. And there's, there's this thing inside of us and the answer is, we need a word from another world. What, what are you talking about, pastor? See, when you get to the place that we're in right now and humanity will always find itself back in this place, you'll come to this realization that you need a word from outside of this world. And that's what I'm talking about today. You know, for many of you who are watching, you have felt that Christianity, oh pastor, it's just a fairy tale. It's just mythology that has existed for all these years and the story aggrandized and it grew over time. I can tell you that there's more than 500 witnesses who testified to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I could actually tell you that the earliest account of Julius Caesar's life was written 900 years after his life. I could tell you that. I, I could tell you that 
It's so far removed that there's more evidence historically to the existence of Jesus Christ than there is of Julius Caesar. I can tell you that there's more historical evidence in closer proximity to Jesus' existence than there was for actually Alexander the Great. But why is the, why did, have you never questioned your entire life Julius Caesar or Alexander the Great? The reason why you've never questioned it is because the life of Jesus Christ actually demands that you question what you think about the miraculous. Because the events that unfolded in the lives of Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great, even though they were recorded 900 years uh, afterwards, it's something that we don't struggle with. And, and we have the same standard applied to Jesus' life for the historical accuracy of his resurrection. And yet we say, I don't know if I believe it because what's being demanded of all of us is do we believe in the miraculous? You know, Paul in 1 Corinthians gives this account of over 500 witnesses testifying that Jesus Christ in fact resurrected from the, the dead. But to those who don't believe, it's been said that no evidence will suffice. And yet, for those who believe, no evidence is necessary. The reality is, you have always believed. There's been this voice inside of you that's always been crying out, has always been testifying to a God. And so it's in times like this when we're faced with our own mortality, when every single time we watch the seconds of the clock move, they declare now, right now, right now, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. People of every age have died of this virus, making it painfully obvious to us that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And we have this sense that we do believe that there's a word from another world that can speak into our quarantine world where we don't have the answers. As a matter of fact, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 49, says, then here in heaven, your dwelling place, God, your dwelling place is in heaven. Hear their prayer and their plea and maintain their cause. Heaven is this other world where God abides. The gospel in a nutshell, and you've heard this scripture many times in your life, it's the Bible in one sentence says, for God so loved our quarantined, isolated, separated world that he gave his only begotten son. And he actually sent his spirit from heaven, from another place into this quarantine world full of quarantine minds. We were trapped with ourselves, our own brokenness, our own isolation, our own fears. We were trapped and, and so he sent his son that whosoever believes in him will not perish. We may perish of a virus, of a disease, from a degenerative disease, but then death becomes redefined for us because heaven is our home and we leave the quarantine of the brokenness of this global ghetto and we actually go to heaven, this place where there is no tears being shed. And God loved us so much that he actually gave his only begotten son that we would be forever alive. You know, Albert Einstein famously say, said that we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we use to create them. It's been often said that humanity is the solution to our own problems, 
but it's situations like this that serve as a constant reminder that we cannot solve our problems on the same plane that they were created. We need a word from another world. Jesus came that these quarantine minds, Jesus came so that all of this that we've created, everything that you see around me that represents the apex of our civilization, yet we look and we say clearly there is no answer that he would say, there is an answer from heaven. I've heard your cries. I've heard your pleas. You know, in London, in the center of London, there is actually this cross that's referred to as Charing Cross. It's a monument that sits in the middle of London and it serves as a directional indicator for which way you ought to go as there is roads headed in every direction. One time there was a young boy who was lost Police officers nearby identified that he was lost and they approached the young boy and they said, hey, are you lost? You look like you're lost. Can we take you home? The young boy responded, no, take me to the cross because if you'll tell me where the cross is and show me where the cross is, I can find my way home. Right now, I'm in Times Square. This is referred to as the crossroads of the world. And if I can show the cross to the world, we can find our way back home. There are people who are watching right now who are in desperate need of the cross. They are in desperate need of the way home. We know this isn't it. We know inside of us that this is not it. I'm asking you today, if you will allow me to point you back home. I'm asking you today, if you will accept this truth that's been sort of a hunger inside of you your entire life, this truth that God does exist, this truth that he wants to know you personally. You know, I heard this story once of this, this guy who, you know, he stole a car, he made a mistake with his life. And for anybody with a rational mind listening to this, you may say, yeah, obviously theft is wrong. Stealing a car is wrong. Well, see what happened was there were these crackers that were open next, next to him in the, in the passenger seat and he stole that car and he took off. Well, all of a sudden the, the police found him because the guy who owned the car actually realized it was stolen. He called the cops and he said, you've got to find this car. No matter what you do, you've got to find this car. And so this guy is discovered that stole the car and the police are chasing him. And he actually led them on a multi-state police chase because he didn't want to be caught for the wrong he did. You know, right now, there's all kind of people saying that we're encountering the judgment of God, but they don't understand the love of God when they say this. Let me explain why. Because the crackers that were on the passenger side seat of this car had actually been this homemade ingredient of rat poison that the man who owned the car was going to use to help with the rat infestation that he was dealing with. And so the entire time that the, car, the guy who stole the car was running away, he thought he was escaping his judgment, but he was in fact escaping his very salvation. What was gonna save him? They were desperately trying to keep him from those, those, the rat poison riddled crackers that were next to him. And oftentimes in 
situations like this, we say, oh, this must be the judgment of God, but we don't understand God. He's at, while we think we're eluding his judgment, we're actually eluding salvation. It's out of his love that he chases us down. It's out of his love that he actually will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for our good. There's people that have given no thought to God, have given no thought about God, and yet in the evil of a situation like this, God has turned it around in our favor that we may turn our faces towards him and seek us in this time. Out of all the proofs of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and there's many, and you owe it to yourself if you're watching this and you still don't believe, to find it for yourself. I've spent years as a former atheist looking for the answers, but out of all the proofs, there's one that stands out. There's one that's simply undeniable. Of all the proofs of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it will always be the changed lives that cry out and testify that he is alive. Actually, Peter said it like this, you also are living stones being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, he says, you're standing in Times Square. These buildings are made of metal and glass, but there are living stones. And long after these buildings go silent that you see around me, there are these living stones that have come together to make a church that cries out, that testifies, I am the living proof of a living God. And as a matter of fact, you're starting to see these stories accumulate from all around the world. You're hearing stories today, 2,000 years later, of people saying, you may be able to scrutinize a historical document, but you cannot scrutinize the change that you've seen in my life. You cannot scrutinize. It is simply undeniable that I was lost and now I'm found. I was drunk and now I'm sober. You cannot deny that these living stones come together to testify of a risen Savior. I'm asking you today, would you want to be one of those living stones that come together to make a church. We are at an unprecedented time where the church is no longer a building that you can look at with your visible eyes, but it's people that you can say the change that I've seen in their life, I know without a shadow of a doubt, testifies to a risen Jesus. If you're one of those people, I wanna ask you now to join with me in prayer. I want you to declare Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, all of a sudden he will release your quarantined soul into another existence. You will suddenly come alive in Christ and that same resurrection power that caused this 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 just this Jewish guy who had never traveled more than a hundred miles from his birthplace to actually start a global movement that 2,000 years is a Jesus movement that we're testifying to right now will actually resurrect you inside so will you just pray this prayer with me right now just borrow my words wherever you're watching from Jesus, I testify that you are the Savior, that you died on the cross to forgive me for my sins, that three days later, you came back to life and defeated death, hell, and the grave. And now I become a living stone that represents this church 
that not even the gates of hell can prevail against. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on across every home. I want you to celebrate, lift up an amen, shout a hallelujah, and let's praise the risen King this Easter as we celebrate our freedom through Christ alone. Hey V1, wasn't that such a powerful experience? I know that something is happening inside of you. We want you to join our family. It's not enough for you to be a listener. We want you to be a family member, an owner, a member of V1 Church. So make sure that you're watching every Sunday on our YouTube channel as we go live across the day with our services. Just type in V1 Church in YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure the notifications are, are live and we will see you guys this Sunday as we continue this Jesus People series.